Hey there, Soul Patch listeners. This is Jack here, and today we are without Kevin, so it was just me and Ryan, and we were talking about what we see the kind of ESL, EFL industry teaching at universities or teaching at a hagwon and what that might look like 10 or 20 years from now or, or not, 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 not exactly what it might look like, but just how we are preparing for that future and, and, and um, what our personal prospects, the, the, how we're hedging, you know, f- uh, our bets for the, for the future and the changes that might come or might not come and the, the unknown and dealing with that anxiety and how we deal with it, the financial anxiety, the professional anxiety of uh, kind of not the uncertainties of the future. And, and so um, it is a, kind of a, a philosophical discussion, and, but we also talked about some practical issues and uh, it was a really interesting conversation. So without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast. Yeah, just jump into it. Um, you know, I thought uh, when we were we were talking about what do we what can we do for an episode? I thought kind of projecting out like ten years, twenty years. I'm just really curious about like what you think, what you see is kind of the future landscape of this sort of work that we're doing. Because I mean, I really think that like. Every industry, it changes, but decade by decade. So to yeah. talk about ESL, when people get really doom and gloom about ESL, they're like, "Oh man, it's gonna, AI is going to destroy this or whatever." I mean, you could say the same thing about architecture. I mean, man, why can't an AI design a building? It's twenty twenty three. You can say the same thing about everything. Right. Like, yeah. uh, and pessimism is like it's it's in vogue. So it is. Yeah everybody's losing their mind about how everything is going to crap and i'm just over it i'm over it i don't, I don't buy it <laughs> I, I i don't i don't buy it either um i do although it is um damn hot today so these uh, the the world seems to be on fire that could be a problem but that's that's a different topic um but um i'm wondering like for you like what what kind of uh, how much of a I'm going to say this facetiously of a doomsday prepper. Are you, you know, like, what do you, what do you, what, what are your strategies for the future? Like how, how do you see yourself projected out 10 or 20 years from now? Well, before I answer that, and I'll flip that one back to you too. I want to uh, further define the topic for, for the day. I mean, I do want to talk about the, the future of the industry and, you know, being abroad as a foreigner, um, you know, in the far East and doing this type of work. But also when we were considering the topic for this episode, we were talking about um, how being here for so long, because I've been, this is my 14th year. Abroad. Yes, you've been here a long time. I mean, we, yeah. Yeah. what about you though? I mean, like, well, abroad, I mean, right? I came here in 2000, I came to Asia in 2001. So, you know, I'm, I'm 22 years in. Um, yeah, okay, okay. With, yeah. So we, want, we wanted to talk about also how being abroad for multiple decades in your case yes. has changed your outlook on the future. Yes. One of yes. one of my friends who's a listener of the podcast, um he mentioned uh in a correspondence with me how he thought that some of our opinions he kind of got a kick out of it. He, he thought some of the things that we were asserting about the United States were off center. 
And oh, it's okay. like, it's yeah. like, yeah, like you, you guys don't know America anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. I have a lot of opinions. It totally makes sense. It yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, when was the last time you went to America? I mean, I was there, I guess about a year ago, but I mean, when I go, I go for, for a couple weeks, you know, like it's not, I'm not there. Um, yeah, I did actually, uh, we, we had to drop our, my daughter goes to school. My daughter lives in, in Florida. So with my parents and my parents live in Florida. So we, we did visit, uh, last year, about a year ago. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, but nevertheless, I guess my point is that being abroad, even if like, you know, I go home every year, mm -hmm. Kev, I don't think has gone home in, in quite a few years. I think it's been like but, 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. But even so, um, even if you do go home every year for a couple of weeks, I think you start to get a lot of your impressions from media, from Reddit, from, you know, and it can kind of color things in a funny way. But, but that said, I want to focus on the topic for today, which is mm -hmm. um, what we see as the future of this industry, our, our lives, and also how being here for so long has changed the way we kind of plan for the future. So go back go back to your, your question. I'll answer okay, about okay. being a prepper. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a a little bit, prepper. man. I've always been, I've always been a little bit. Um, yeah. And I can relate that to the point that I was trying to make about our subject today. I think being abroad for 14 years in this specific industry has heightened that. Absolutely. Because until I moved into this house, which was in 2020, uh, I was living in still very Spartan life here, but even more so when I lived by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you're inspired to do that when you're doing this kind of work. Most people, I've met so many freegans and minimalists yeah. and people focusing on their health and diets and uh veganism and all these things are about they're all really related uh we have a co-worker who i absolutely adore who right. doesn't use the heat in the winter or the air con in the in the summer um and you know his his reasons are altruistic but that type of decision and lifestyle is kind of for me natural here it's just yeah. natural to experiment with yeah. life and reduce and with that comes this kind of spartan i've got a backpack i can throw on grab my passport and i'm in belize like that you know uh yes. and you're living that way it starts to inform the way you see the future and maybe i, I started this by saying i'm not pessimistic or anything about you know being doomy i'm not doomy yeah. but yeah i'm pretty much ready to roll like i've i think in this house i'm not gonna dox myself here but i think i've got like not for real man like in this this whole house the total asset value of the material in here it's under 10 grand like i could just burn <laughs> it and be okay you know like you just, you yeah. just go yeah you know I, how about you like do me or you well okay so what you, you said a lot of things there that i i really yeah, want to unpack that. because i think that it's really insightful gypsies this is a gypsy <laughs> lifestyle right yeah, it's man. like yeah i mean maybe we stay still for a while but but we're but there's a transient nature to i think people that are attracted to this type of job and they people hop from job to job, country to country. They'll teach in Thailand. They'll teach in South Korea. They'll go to Taiwan. Go to Japan. 
um, for go to China for the experience. Uh, there's something like a maybe it's a restlessness that's kind of innate in the spirit of a lot of people that are attracted to this kind of work. And yeah. I'm making some big grand assumptions here, which, you know, and I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm necessarily fit in that basket because um, I'm, I'm pretty much a nester. Like I, I, I settled in, you know, a, a pretty, pretty deeply here. Um, I've got the, uh, you know, we got the house with the, I got my wife, my, got my kid, um, yeah, like you and I are kind yeah. of a nice contrast in that. Like, yeah. that's that's a, that's kind of a neat thing to 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 look at, right? Because you you're a property owner, yeah, um, yeah, right. You own own a building, obviously. You know, you have vehicles and you have a family. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's a pretty big difference. We've taken. I kind of think about it sometimes. Like, well, if if there were were a fire in my house, it was a pretty dark and doom and gloom thing to think about. But I, I'm like, I there's no, I I don't have anything. Everything I have is here. Like it would be devastating to me. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm not. I, I don't pack light. You know. Like I, I'm pretty much like all my stuff is is all here, in this house. And if I lost it all, it would be it'd be really devastating. And I wouldn't. I, you know. And but like some of our friends, you know, that are just very light. They they you know. Aside from getting a new passport and a new you know driver's license or whatever, they probably would be okay. They'd be like, you know, it sucks that the uh, there was a fire, but you know, they they'll recover quickly. Me, I I, I would just be lost. Like it it, yeah. it would be devastating. So I I I think I've I followed a much more kind of traditional track, and so. I, I guess what I'm saying is like I've, those grooves that I've kind of uh, um, made in the last couple decades here, I I have kind of painted myself into a corner where I, I think it, that's why I worry so much about the future is that if something goes off the rails as far as like our the job situation in Korea, where whereas they say like um, you no longer you know English is no longer a big priority. And slowly, the university situation starts to, you know, it's hard to make class hours and they're cutting people. That sort of stuff really worries me because I've kind of, I'm on one track. And I, I and so lately, I've been trying to do a lot of other kind of gig work, um, creating mm -hmm. a lot of other things that I know oh, that so you do that too. Um, yeah. Kind of more know. like to entertain myself in a lot of ways. Well, right. <laughs> but, but, yes. Yeah. But I'm not, I think I think that makes sense now. Like, so you're what you're trying to say then is your gig work is you're inspired to do that gig work because you want to diversify your in income streams. Exactly. I wanted I want to diversify because I don't want to be beholden to any entity, any any corporation, any any company where they just kind of so have do you, you. Do you think that's unique because you're in Korea? Or do you think you might have uh, discovered a, a similar uh idea and behavior if you had stayed in uh, minnesota yeah that's a great question you know i don't think i would have learned that lesson living in in america although i think some people are starting to learn that lesson 70 percent of americans live kind of paycheck to paycheck it's been yeah, you know, going on i think yeah i mean that did you would you reckon that same as in korea i i, I would say probably there are more there, there are more savers here it's it's uh kind of a in saving korea, korea has low savings do you think so, so okay oh okay. absolutely absolutely okay. i know so i've actually had to do the research for company stuff okay so um, i'm off base there korea, koreans koreans don't have a lot of savings uh compared to americans 
Okay. Um, but, uh, but going back to my, my question though, so you think, um, if you were in Minnesota, you might just be like one career. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I would have followed one track and I would have gone, or let's say I stayed in Los Angeles. I probably would have stayed in the, the production, um, area of, of production, you know, with, uh, in Hollywood and in entertainment. And, uh, I would have just followed that, you know, just jump from job to job to job and just followed that track and try to move up. But I don't think I ever, I don't think I would have been as entrepreneurial as I have kind of become out of the necessity of worrying about the future of ESL and and yeah. where it's going. I, I'll give you an example of why I worry about this is because I just I had I one of our friends who listens to the sh the show. Um, he and I uh, he he was uh, he and I were really close when we were Hagwan teachers about uh, almost twenty years ago and. Um, I just saw him a couple of days ago. We got together. He was visiting Korea. He lives in Germany. He teaches at an international school there. Um, married to a Korean woman. They live together in, in Germany. Um, he was uh, just happened to be looking at Dave's ESL Cafe for old time's sake, you know, just uh, nostalgia. And um, he was looking at the salaries and the, sal the salaries for Hagwan positions are exactly the same. Is what they were in 2001 when we were there. So when when we were looking for a job, I'm like, it, I, isn't it? It's like a time warp. Like you you go back in time when you go to Dave's ESL. I mean, did they forget to update the page for the last 20 years or what? <laughs> like I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, I think there's, that's something. And uh, going back to how we opened the topic, I think that's definitely something worth mentioning. The landscape for ESL teachers, I think it's contracted a lot. In, in Korea, at least, and I, I can mm -hmm. imagine it's very similar in other places. Um, I think it's very more more difficult to get positions like what we have. Um, yes. The compensation hasn't been adjusted for inflation and time. Um, and you have a lower birth rate. There's just less people. It's still a fun job, I think, if you can get it. Oh yeah, uh, if you can get it, it's fantastic. I I, I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's I don't think it's it's the wild west type of situation. Um, yeah, I, I, that it, that it used to be. And I, I think that a lot of people in America and Canada and and in England and and Australia started to realize they, they got the restlessness as well. So, so, so there's a flood of people. It's just a, right, a right. you know, it's just yeah, a so you uh, have, have more people that are, are flowing in. Yeah. Yeah. When I came to supply and Korea, demand issue, you know, yeah, when I came here the first time in late 2007, I remember I had, to, we talked with this in an uh, episode we did about um, econ. Mm -hmm. I had to bring in USD obviously, cause I wasn't working and the exchange rate at the time was the yuan, and it was stronger than the dollar. So if you could imagine, like a thousand yuan buys what a dollar buys in America. Oh wow! Okay. Like, yeah. Like if this, if this, I got a little bottle of water here. So if this bottle of water is a buck at a Seven Eleven in the states. A Seven Eleven in Korea, it would be chunan, be a thousand yuan. Mm -hmm. uh, so one is one. It was actually uh, in Korea, um, the Korean money was stronger than the U.S. dollar. 
and just just barely. Uh, so it was like barely, and then it was on par by the time I left. And when I came back, it had fallen uh, a little bit. Right now, it's um, the calculation I usually do. It works out pretty well. If I'm spending U.S. dollar, I just multiply it by one point three three. Oh, okay. You do one point three three. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you go on XC, it's like you get for every. I think like right now it's like between seventy six, seventy seven cents. Okay. You get a thousand won. <laughs> that's a huge haircut I, we're just it. getting like, crushed with haircut. my daughter's schooling you know oh, it's sorry, just like, man. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible <laughs> yeah. yeah but it i'm saying for the for looking at dave's esl for those hogwan positions if yeah, the yeah. competition is the same it's not the same like even after you adjust for the loss of you know two percent or more these days inflation mm -hmm. per year then you got to give yourself a 25 to 30% haircut to the exchange <laughs> right. if you're still thinking in US dollar. Or you just don't go home for 10 years like I did and like Kevin did, you know? You just yeah, that's the other option. stay in just Korea. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really fascinating. I mean, I, I know we're kind of all over the place here a little bit, but I, it's okay because it's kind of an exploratory conversation. I think it's a it's a broad topic. Um, but uh yeah i was just I, I was just you know thinking about like um you know in terms of like the the let's say the next 10 years of this do you think that they're the part of this um issue is just that like korean more korean professors are are and korean people in general are are becoming more fluent in english and just kind of taking those jobs as well and so there's just less demand for you know, foreign teachers. I, I guess I'm just I'm trying. I'm just wondering, like, I've, I've if that's heard part this, of it. I've heard this you know. story, this yeah. narrative since I came here. You know, because it, it, it seems logical when right. you consider it. If you look at France, or you know, just mention Germany, Sweden, uh, yeah, know, yeah, European countries that had uh, I had uh, it was like the second year I was working as a professor here. I had a job offer in France. That was a, that was a long time ago. Uh, the compensation was not great compared mm -hmm. to what we have had here. And I remember rationalizing and it was like, well, that makes sense because, you know, you get to live in France and, you know, there's definitely going to be more locals who are fluent in the language and could, you know, easily take the job. It's just you're, there's less demand, whereas here in Seoul, there's a high demand. So it would, it would follow that we would run the same trajectory eventually. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense logically. I'm not sure that I've seen it a lot, though. If I talk to Korean friends that are taking classes, they're still interested in having a native speaker even if maybe it's for the fashion i don't know right I, you know? I, i've heard the narrative too but i'm not sure look, i believe it yeah yeah i mean our office when we started you know because uh for listeners when well jack was at our university before i came but we like redesigned the program from scratch when i mm -hmm. showed up and kevin kevin and i came at the same time and so they did a mass hiring at that point. I think they, we hired like, uh, I was one of 10. Yeah, 10 maybe more than that too. Yeah. 
this whole thing and you know and then the next semester i think they added another 10. yes uh, we have, do we cross 30. i'm not yeah, sure yeah we we used to have 30. now we're down to yeah really? half that <laughs> yeah but yeah. when you think about what who they hired i always thought it was uh kind of funny almost like i don't know if it's profiling or what you call it but the first 10 it was kind of funny we had like we had like one of everything we had um we had a teacher that was like 67 year old from Ireland. Uh, we had, I think, an equal amount, male and female, yep. which is kind of unique. That uh, is, yeah. We had um, two Gyopo or, um, you know, Korean, American born Koreans or Americans, yes. basically. They're um, Korean ethnically or, yeah, genetically or whatever you want to say. Uh, Gyopo. Right. Um, we had like, you know, the one black guy. We had one guy from uh, Ivy League Stanford, you know, which was kind of surprising. Uh, we had, um, yeah, it was just, it was kind yeah. of like, I remember thinking like, you know, I'm from Chicago, but so is she. It's strange they would hire me, you know, like, yeah, they, really, yeah, like, yeah. Like, they, just, like, they wanted to have one of everything. They were like collecting a Crayola pack. It was really <laughs> an age, age, age range was huge. It was like closing yeah. on seven years old, hiring somebody that's close to 70. Yeah. And then I think Kevin was the baby at the time. Right. He, he was, was in like his mid-20s or his something. 20s. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was like this really uh, broad demographic or what do you say the, the collection of humans yeah. <laughs> and, and now it seems that it's kind of distilled a little bit because there's not a lot of rollover in the position but when there has been we've hired more uh Kyopo, right yeah so yeah, more, yeah yeah uh, Korean Americans Korean yeah 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 and so why is that? I wonder if it's because some of them have Korean language skills or they have like, you know, a family connection, not in a family connection, like, you know, like nepotism, I'm not talking about this. I'm talking like- But they can get their visa, yeah. Or, or that, but like yeah. just familiarity, like Seoul's not a far place to go. So they're mm -hmm. familiar with that, that kind of connection. It's like, oh, well, it's just like, yeah, it's a long flight, but yeah, that's my, those are my people. I'm I came there. here every summer when I was a kid or something or yeah, whatever. Yeah, or it just, it doesn't yeah. seem like a radical, crazy idea, like some kid like me from Northeastern Wisconsin to right. blast off, you know, it's, um, that's just, you know, oh, it's not, it's not so mind boggling. Um, but that seems to be a bit of a shift, but still those people are not Koreans and we don't have, I guess we do have a couple Koreans teaching similar course i'm not yeah, sure yeah we like do the... there yeah there are there's a couple of uh of, of unique situations where we have uh track yeah yeah per, right per, yeah that, they've been there since the beginning though so yeah that, that's not i don't feel like there's um a, a transition really happening but i will say that i think my students every semester the freshmen are becoming higher level now you teach most of your class on the ensemble campus would you agree with that do you think they're getting better yeah um that's a good question definitely i mean from from 10 or 15 years ago absolutely yeah. the baseline has just gone up right when i teach at the Seoul campus i've had students that walk in and they're like they're fluent you know they, i mean they're like hey what's up man how's it going you know what are we doing today like well, <laughs> we're not going to do grammar. <laughs> Obviously, you don't need that. <laughs> um, credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's just I, I definitely think the baseline has has gone has moved up. I I think the 
the thing is, I, I think it's maybe a confluence of, of, of a lot of issues, like you mentioned before, the declining birth rate, um, higher uh, hiring more, uh, I, I guess, you know, people who are familiar with Korean culture, um, they're, they're finding that more useful in, in these positions. And I'm, I'm talking about university level, not hagwons. I think hagwons are still pretty much like they just want to grab like a foreigner that graduated recently and they'll give them a chance. You know, it's pretty easy to find a job at a hagwon if you have a, a degree from a, a university in the United States or Canada or, or England. Um, I, I guess the more interesting question I think that we, we probably should mention is like or should ask is like, what would you do if you lost your job? Like, okay, I, just, that, yeah, yeah I think that's yeah, because yeah. that kind of goes along with the topic, because, you know, in my case, I this is what this is why I said doomsday preppers. I've tried to get a lot of a collection of a lot of different things. And if one shoe drops, there's still a couple others that are kind of hanging in there. And uh, I was just wondering, what would you what would be your like escape plan? Would you go back to the States? Would you would you try to get a job? Yeah. What would you do? Probably I would not. I mean, if it was like, okay, first let's define the problem. The yeah. situation is, am I going to discover that I don't have a job after my, my 24 month contract? So I've got like, yeah. That much time so it just, it just like, kind of fades away. My job's gone. I got no, fired. no, 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 no. It's not a, it's not a sudden thing, but it's like, a, let's just say like, let me go back a little bit. Um, when I first started teaching in 2006, I, I didn't even I didn't have a master's degree. Um, it wasn't a requirement at that time. But I start I saw the writing on the wall at that time. I was like, you know what, this is this situation is going to be problematic for me. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday. To that was really wise move, the, by the way. I guess. You yeah, and I so I jumped on this program where they I was able to go to a um, American university. They the professors came to Korea and we during summer breaks, we would do two credits and that happened over 18 months. And at the end of uh, two years or whatever, you, you get a master's degree. And right as I got that master's degree, they changed the rules. It was yeah. like, you cannot work this job. We will not resign you if you don't have a master's degree. And I was just like, that was it was the smartest thing I've ever done, I, I think. And uh, and right now I'm starting to see the writing on the wall is to diversify kind of like a, an investment portfolio. It's like sure. I, all my stock was kind of in this one this one stock, which was my university. And I started to think about that and say, you know what, I, I, th I don't think that's a smart move. I, I think I need to have other income uh, uh, what income streams um, in order to offset something catastrophic like it's just for whatever reason like two years from now they go you know what we're we're just going to have korean professors teach these english these english classes and, yeah, and i wonder if like both yeah. of us this is kind of cool this ties to what we were talking about in the beginning of this episode with how you and i we have different lifestyles that we've adapted whereas you're like more nesting i'm like kind of doing more of the spartan thing yeah but and i think that that reflects the choices so like yeah like for listeners that probably heard jack is a published author he owns a building you have a little coffee shop he's uh multiple podcasts like he's got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire um he works in the administration as well with with uh academics and i mean things that i don't do 
Um, and that all kind of that kind of tracks because you're looking for, hey, if this one gig was subtracted, I need these other things that I can just kind of fall back on and restructure. Yes, I have responsibilities. Um, so in contrast, I wouldn't say that uh, I would just put my backpack on and be like, peace out. I mean, I've got community here, too. Right. Uh, regardless of property. And uh, Seoul's my home. This is the longest I've lived anywhere ever. Uh, and so, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't fly away. But the prep that I've been doing isn't like you. I mean, we've talked before about, you know, little uh, business ventures and things I've got myself yeah, yeah, into. Yeah. Like, but like they're I not said, they're not they're not large not, enough to sustain what, you know, losing uh, a, never, a job or whatever. Kind mm -hmm. of was the idea at certain points in time because you want to get excited about stuff. But it was always just for fun. Uh, ultimately and yeah so for me the it my behavior makes total sense i save about 60 percent of my income and we don't yeah. make google bucks i mean if you guys they're not going to share personal financial information but we don't make tons of money uh but if but you invest 500 a month for 30 years or whatever you've got five million in the bank yeah. or something. you know what i mean like you're doing this this long this long game you know what i mean yeah. like it's yeah. So it's a pretty frugal lifestyle. As of now, I could not work and my basic investments could safely return uh, enough after tax, everything to continue this lifestyle. So I don't need to have a job to eat and sleep and pay. The wow. Rent. OK. I've broken even just a couple of years ago. So. But. I would like to be able to retire on a little more and I'm, I'm still young ish. I've got, I got gas in the tank. I can still go, you know? No, I, uh, this is exactly what I feel too. And I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, pardon, I'm an apologize to my mom in advance for this, my language, but fuck you money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, that's the goal, right? Is like, I don't know. Maybe, I, you want, you, yeah. Well, you, you no, wanna... no, but, but I mean, just like to, to not be beho to, enough to, to not, not like jets and I'm not talking about jet setting and, and, you know, oh, living okay. that kind of, I'm, I'm saying the, I, I can, I can walk in tomorrow and say like, peace out, I'm done with my, this yeah. job and, and I, and I can eat and I can sleep and I can pay my bills and I'm, and I'm not going to be on the streets, you know, homeless. And yeah. It was, it was never my intention to save like that i didn't sit down with like a plan of like you know like fire people do this investment strategy like work your ass off so you can retire by the time you're 30 you know oh right 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 yeah yeah that's, i, I that's not, yeah that's, that's not, not my, my thing yeah that's cool if, if that's what you want to do but um you know i'm more for me this is totally personal but you know you might die tomorrow that's just a fact like and that's a big part of the reason that i also enjoy this work because of the schedule it allows me a lot of uh, balance for my you know my work-life balance is excellent yes that said, I, because I'm doing the traveling teacher thing, most of my contemporaries, they just have this really minimalist type lifestyle. Nobody wants to, I mean, we go out and, and uh, drop money every once in a while. Every year I take a massive two month trip, but when I'm traveling, I'm not staying in resorts. I'm staying in, you know, $10 bungalows yeah. or, you know, hostels because that's, that's the lifestyle that you want to do that because you want to meet people you want to you know so it's it trickles back into your daily life and i just ended up 
like really quick. I had some student loans. Boom. Those were gone. Then some yes. stacking cash. Okay. I got to put it somewhere. Okay. Learn about investment. Okay. Do that. And it just kind of snowballed. Um, but yeah. So if I, to answer the question, if I found out that in, you know, a year that my job was going to evaporate or soon, uh, and I was confident that was the case, no, I wouldn't run away. I would probably uh, prioritize mm -hmm. those investments so that my transition, I don't have to rush into another job or yeah. uh, something. So I would probably do a little bit like what Kevin's doing. I'm not going to try to give away against too much information. The guy <laughs> likes to do a lot of private lessons. He's, and stuff. he's, he's grinding right now. He's on the grind, you know? Yeah. I wasn't going to say it. You said it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I would probably flip that switch. I would, um, I've got a project that I'm working on here, which I think we've alluded to before, yeah. uh, which is not cash positive, but we do have um, revenue. There is a lot of activity. So I would immediately have to give that a lot more attention. <laughs> be a yes, lot more serious. Yes, like, yes, yes. Oh, maybe that's something that I really should be working on a lot more. <laughs> um, yeah. Not that I am, I'm not, you know, I'm working in case the bosses are listening. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel it would be a big panic. It'd be a big lifestyle change because being a teacher after 14 years, yeah, it's part of your identity and I love teaching and I, I, I don't know what, where else I could teach the way that I get to teach here. Yes. So yes. I, my parents want me to move home since I arrived here. <laughs> and I've often heard, Hey, Ryan, just come home and get a job teaching. Yeah. You know, we need teachers. Here. Yeah. Yeah. You got, I, like a couple of my cousins are professors. I got a, uh, one of my cousins just got a, um, uh, job teaching at the, uh, I think the tech center. I'm not sure you can come teach there. And it's like, what I teach is not really going to be a practical skill in, you know, in Wisconsin for sure. Yeah. Is there opportunities? Sure. We had a group of teachers that left here and they ended up teaching ESL at universities um, in the States, but I listened to their stories and it's like, man, you're working twice as much. And yeah, yeah, make, yeah. Even if you're doubling the pay life in America is a lot more, not, I mean, soul's crazy expensive. It's like more expensive than living in San Fran, but you get a lot of choices of how you live here in yeah. america you have a car in most places you gotta you know you've got to pay for the insurance you've got to you know it, there's just so many things that are required to get along whereas here i feel you can really just kind of carve it your own way but yeah i don't know maybe maybe i would be able to hack in the states too i don't know but i mean I i'm sure you would be able to hack it i mean anywhere you, you'd be fine you, you'd figure it out and i i think most will i i guess i'm just I just I just asked the question because I just wonder if our listeners out there are not kind of having contemplating the same kind of questions. And I'm just wondering, I know it's just good to talk to you about it because I'm just curious what other people's kind of notions are about these questions. You know, like if when you when you project out like for, for me and my wife, it would be like, you know, we I could lose my job and we would still have money coming in for from the building. And so instead of instead of investments, it's a property investment. So it's just, it's just a different um, yeah, it apples and apples. Right, right. Um, 
but you know other things that i'm trying to do lately is uh you know i started um uh, during the the break here, I, I I wrote another book uh, for uh, a class that I want to open up at our at our school, and I'm kind of thinking like if maybe I could make myself, um, you know, irreplaceable if I have enough of these elective classes that are uniquely mine. <laughs> so it's like, you sure. know. And so I, I I guess I'm just whenever there's like a it, it's kind of almost like. Um, you know, arbitrage trading or something, you know, like I'm trying to find these little weaknesses and capitalize on them. Um, I'm doing uh, uh, Zoom classes online for international students kind of for free right now in order to mm -hmm. promote my uh, uh, another podcast and a, and a YouTube channel in order to become a, an online teacher. And so I'm just waiting, you know, if that that shoe drops and that job disappears. Is there something that can transition into that I've already got going? And I think you're kind of the same way too. It's like, you've uh, got, no, it sounds like you're a lot more proactive. Like you're saying these things, like talking about how to create, you know, unique electives and things. Um, again, for listeners that don't know as professors, you can create courses and get them approved pretty easily. And then right. uh, you teach them and pretty much you own that class, which you can kind of, you know, lock in as yours um use it as overtime pay or you could become your job just teach your electives right um yeah and there's there's you're not alone in thinking that i i, I know other professors in our department they're actively doing that right uh with because of that mindset when you say this you know i think yeah if i i, I probably should consider things like this i should you know maybe take some time to consider it but uh, I don't know. At the same time, I'm not, I wouldn't be, I'd be sad to not be teaching anymore, but I'm, I'm stoked for transition too. It's a, I didn't yeah. never thought I would have any job this long. I, I thought I would be, you know, um, shifting through my careers. That's you, 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 of, you love teaching the, the class that you teach too. I mean, I think you really enjoy yeah. what you're teaching think, and you're, the, the, you yeah, know. the trick, the trick is I learned after five years of teaching the same thing is start surprising yourself just start redo the class because no one's watching the till it's like you just kind of do it's it's the fact man just say it. yeah. it's what it is you yeah. do whatever you want you the, the you got to get them through certain benchmarks and you got to keep the customers happy the students right but beyond that you know if you're bored with teaching the same thing over and over that's on you like sit down get a pen and paper and make a new class and just teach under the same name I mean, i've been doing <laughs> right. that you know since like 2014. <laughs> i need some new activities when i'm you know when i'm asking questions about you know what do you think about obama's election you know or something like that yeah. it's uh, you know you even like even required text chapters man like last <laughs> semester what is there there's eight chapters in the book i think i got through three and a half or oh, like nice. I that crap. Yeah. yeah because it, it doesn't matter as long as you know again you're you're able to see some improvement on the metrics that you're after. And, you know, there's a lot of autonomy. That's, that's a big part of why I love teaching here uh, is the and creative freedom. This is a, and this is kind of, I'll, I'll uh, I think this is, I'm kind of trying to put this together in my head because this, this is a big concept, but I think, I think that a lot of teachers like these jobs, obviously the university jobs are coveted because you have a lot of downtime and what a lot, you know, and I think there's kind of two, two kind of minds about it. I think some people will use their free time to, for personal development, 
like traveling and go on these incredible bike trips through you know just ridiculous things that are well not ridiculous but they're they're extreme and um and and live a spartan life in order to to you know use your resources and your money to have those experiences and travel and they don't save a lot of money and they just kind of live day by day and um and that gives me anxiety for them <laughs> like it's just weird yeah, right. like, aren't you yeah. worried like what if he's like yeah what if what if you know what if a meteor hits earth and we all die like why why jack are you so damn concerned about the next 10 to 20 years you have high cholesterol you know maybe you, you don't make it that long whatever um then you know then then there i think you're um you also enjoy that this the personal growth element of this job and like having those kinds of experiences but you also are very um mindful of your of your uh savings you know where you investing your money you know 60 percent. i'll take that i'll take the compliment yeah but, yeah no, it's, um, it's definitely a compliment i mean it's I, it's cool i think another thing that is a byproduct of this lifestyle is that you'll find uh, ESL teachers that are using the abundance of free time for both like personal growth or like burning the cash to, you know, go travel the world and right. stay at resorts and just whatever. And they're just they're always running their accounts to zero and having a great time. But there's, I think there's also a third category of people that just want to, you know, experiment with nacho flavors and like Pilsners and <laughs> just like, you know, check out different positions on the couch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just well, Netflix series. And there's nothing wrong with I'm that. I'm kind of that person too. When I'm not, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm not, yeah, not so the Pilsner, I, but yeah, it's, I think it gets hard yeah. when you have abundance of free time. I think COVID, this was probably a big shock to a lot of people. It sounds like a party when you hear it, when you see it on paper, everybody looks forward to a vacation. Yeah. But it gets to a point where you've got to either become very comfortable with being lazy like that. You got to be okay with yourself. And that's fine if you are. Most people won't be and they'll get depressed and they'll get weird. They'll get weird. I've seen people get weird because they yes. have too much free time. And I think that's I, a big part. I thought I thought it was the you know aside from the death and and uh, economic destruction aside, um, I thought it was like the best thing since sliced bread. You know, like we we get to chill at home and teach these online classes and and what I found was that if I retire now, I'll be dead in five years. Like there's my lifestyle. It was just like so sedentary and so just pathetic it was there was nothing and i think that actually really lit a fire in me uh, you know within me to like start doing stuff like going out and and through the through our podcast the soul patch i met this guy robin uh she has the shaw english online and, and that led to another podcast to another there's all these things opened up because i started this uh because we started this one project and I've met a bunch of people, and now my, one of our guests is my podcast partner on the, the English language uh, podcast. Um, so I think maybe the message to people out there is like experiment, like use this time instead. Like you said, instead of being the the yeah. nachos, and you know, I mean, unless but, you're really but, satisfied with but, it. I mean, if yeah. if you're cool with it, if you're cool with it, be cool with it, and be sure you're cool with it, because. 
you know, that, that depression and it can lead to mania. I've seen people lose their freaking marbles. Right. Um, sounds funny, but it's not funny. No, it's no. It's like it's cabin fever. It's the real thing. It's yeah. It's all, yeah. Uh, I the first time I had a dose with it, it was it hit like a wall, man. Um, I came from graduate school where I was uh, bartending full time. I was finishing my practicum and I was still taking regular classes. Um, I, I was consumed. I was sleeping, you know, very little, and it was seven days a week. Yeah. I went from that to just bam. Uh, no job. I'm supposed to just kind of do my own thing. That was okay because I had objectives when I came to Korea. But then yeah. after about 10 months, I, through the advice of a friend, I was going to mention him earlier for another reference. Ah, another time. He inspired me to just buy a one-way ticket to Bangkok. He's like, this is your chance, man. Just go explore the world. Get a backpack. Yeah. And I had all these friends that had done this. And I hadn't done it. I never went to Europe and did the backpack. And I was like, you know what, man? I'm on it. All right. So I did. I got down to that beach. I, I met a couple of uh, uh, travelers. It was fantastic. Two girls that just finished culinary school. You know, I, I like cooking as one of my hobbies. Wow. Yeah, that's perfect, awesome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I met them on the train down. We became like the three amigos. We get down on the beach. We're sitting in the, in the beach in the Gulf of Thailand. And it's fantastic for like four days. Yeah. And then, yeah, I told this story too many times. And because it, it was profound to me, it was really profound. I, I was, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't just give up and like, okay, I'm going back to Chicago. I'm going back to, you know, try to do something in Korea. I, I pushed on for a whole year. And it was this weird space I had to become comfortable with. Like, mm -hmm. whoa, there's nothing on the itinerary today unless I put it there. Right. And, you've got to um you got to learn how to give yourself assignments it, it, maybe i mean, i did because I, I'm, I'm yeah i got you know i got issues man like i need to i need to have some type of assignment if i sit down on the couch I, I enjoy it very much but i can get really dark really fast and i learned it on that trip i could be on a sunny beach in thailand hanging out with a couple of girls in bikinis you know, I used to hold beer in my hand and I can be in hell. Miserable. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> it really, really uh, got to me. Yeah. No, that's really fascinating. That's interesting because I think I came to it in a different way, whereas I, I feel like I'm, I, I don't know what happened, but it, it was, uh, you know, maybe just this just popped in my head, but I, I got in a car accident about five or six years ago. And uh, I, I was fine. I did get hurt, but I I, I got uh, the uh, a, a big semi truck that kind of uh, hit my back left side, and and I fishtailed and did a three sixty and went across six lanes of freeway traffic in Korea on the freeway backwards and slammed into the uh, whatever that uh, retaining wall in the in the center the divider, and uh, I mean one second earlier one second later i'm toast you know and uh and i i don't know if that if that was maybe the catalyst for kind of like this this drive to actually create something because it's like you you're you're what am i what am i going to be known for like watching he was really good at watching netflix 
Like he was really good at like eating <laughs> peanuts, taking naps. You know what I mean? It's just Someone's like, the number one napper out there. You know, <laughs> he was the number one napper. Fantastic napper. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just I think it. I, I I and I don't know if it's that situation or not that that kind of created that catalyst, but that kind of led to the book writing, which led to the podcasting, which led to this other. And I'm not, I haven't made a lot of money off of those side projects. You know, mm-hmm. we do this pod. We do this as a hobby. Like we're not yeah, full patch dough, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, we're not making it rain here on this podcast, but, but it's fun to have these conversations and create something. And, and I do feel that, that drive. And if I'm not doing that, then I feel that that hell that you're talking about is. Yeah. That but I'm still, yeah. I'm still going to bat for the people that want to do what I would call lazy and hellish for me i'm still going to bat for them because like think about um the big lebowski is a great example i mean why is that character so endearing why is he so why do we love this character it's right. because he, his life is his motto is like fuck it right that's that's his yeah. motto yeah and he loves it he's doing well you know that i mean that's not the theme of the, that's not the story but that's that's the character that's why that character is just so <laughs> awesome because yeah he he's all right he's all right just walking around in a robe never shaves yeah. he's cool man no problem and we admire that because that's a space doesn't matter if you're an ambitious person or not you want to get to that headspace and there's just different ways to go so yeah. I've, I've had friends here that are way more uh chill with just you know working your 10 hours a week and just I, are you walter are you walter are you donnie or are you uh, <laughs> uh, the big lebowski i mean the what the one line that really i mean just resonates it's obviously everyone knows it the dude abides right i mean it's like but you kind of what does he abide to like what he abides to the groove of like the, of life yeah. is whatever comes it's it's fine you know like that's the, like water yeah Right. So I, I think that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't mean that you need to be doing nothing to achieve that type of like, you know, nirvana headspace or be super um, aggressive in all of your um, ambitions and things that you want to accomplish, material accomplishments, things like this. But I think you need to find a way to be OK with it. And again, to hone in on the theme of this this episode, uh, if living abroad for 14 years doing this unique I mean, say it's a mm-hmm. kind of unique gig. If it's changed my outlook for the future in any specific way, it's that. It's I think I've become so much more self-aware being out here than if I was back home. I mean, and it, it feeds into all the other choices that I've made, like um, Vipassana meditation has become a, a big part of my life. That is not a sentence I think I would be saying if I was still in. That's not. Sure. Uh, yeah. I would just call something like that, you know, woo, and I would just dismiss it. Right. Uh, the I don't think I would even be attempting that unless I had this kind of discomfort and feeling, you know, uh, challenged. And it, it, I think it's definitely because of having this too much time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have that epiphany. And I, yeah, that, that was, it's really, really amazing. I, I guess. Uh, in my case, um, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I wonder if I, I want to be as self-reflective and and uh, as as what you said. And and I think, um, you know, for me, it's 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 a little bit different. I, I because I have a wife and a, and uh, and a kid here. I feel like um, 
I, I guess there's like an added anxiety of like pro- providing, and so it that and so I'm trying to I'm trying to not not carry that because I don't think it helps, right? It's like if the job disappears, it disappears. Like there's nothing you can, that me worrying about it or trying to you know, will it into existence, you know, like divine it, you know, by, by thinking about it and worrying about it, it just won't happen. Um, and so I do, I do need, I do need a little more, uh, Lebowski in, and a little less, uh, anxiety. I think, I mean, you've dished me some compliments. I can give you at least one man. Like you are in everybody that knows Jack knows this, like you're a capable dude. Like you're not gonna be destitute. Like if, if everything went up in smoke, if you lost the house, everything, you've got community, you've got family, you got friends, it would yeah. get ugly and weird, but it would, you'd find yourself just in a new arena. And I, I think that's um, maybe the last thing I want to say about the topic. I think I'm probably less sure of what's coming next year living this lifestyle versus if i had stayed on the track i was in after graduate school in yes. chicago okay yeah because that was a program if i would have done right. that the work i was doing was via the government it was like you know your contract it shows you when you're yeah. you know it's the whole the whole thing it's all there on one page mm-hmm. so the there's definitely more uncertainty but there's more comfort with that uncertainty and i think for me it's a healthier headspace to feel, um, you know, do I worry about there being this uh, career going forward in the future? Worry is not the right word. I don't get anxiety about it. Um, Do I have contingency plans in my head? Yeah, totally, because I just don't have faith that it's going to be here necessarily even 12 months from now. I've accepted that a long time ago. I think it's a healthier way to think about your finance, your yeah. security. It's just, just you know, you have to have a little. Uh, it's everybody has this advice. It's the same damn thing you, everybody says about finance. You got to have your little nest egg. You got to have you know contingency plans. Six months, with, uh, yeah. Have a have a backup plan. Have a plan yeah. B. So, yeah, I think I take it more seriously because I, I came out here, and that's that's a good thing for me. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the perfect way to end the episode because you, you said you've, you know, you've articulated a, a lot of ideas that I had that I wasn't able to articulate myself, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it was it was fascinating. I, I, I love this conversation. Um, I, I really would encourage our listeners out there to, you know, chime in with your opinions and you can send us an email at the soulpatch at gmail dot com. That's the soulpatch at gmail dot com. We would love to to get your your feedback about this episode. And uh, if you want to visit our, our homepage, you can go to thesoulpatch.com. All of our episodes are up there. You can listen to past episodes, most recent episodes. Um, yeah, and leave a comment if you'd like right there on the uh, on the on our website. And uh, Ryan, thanks, man. That was a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. All right, we'll talk again. All right, bye everybody. See you next time. Later. <laughs>